You're listening to Intersectional Podcast. I'm Noreen. And I'm Ashley. This is a podcast about having the necessary difficult conversations. And for those who believe in anti-oppression across all intersections. For those that live their truth every day, regardless of social constructs or pressure. For those that value different perspectives. For those that aim to be lifelong learners and believe in positive change. For those that are subversive as hell and constantly challenging the norm in every sphere of human existence. Welcome. All right, and we are back, and it is the 29th of November, 2020. We are post-election. That's another thing we can talk about. Oh, yeah. Yep, I'm Noreen. I'm Ashley. And this is an intersectional podcast. And so, yeah. What a month. Yeah, what a month. And I was mentioning to Ashley, tomorrow is a full moon. We just had Thanksgiving, and that was a whirlwind because family stuff, we, we social distance and everything, so don't worry about it, but... It was a lot, and yeah, and then so let's so the the election happened. Yeah, and I mean, I'm glad. Yeah, I'm glad that it's over. I think yeah. there was a lot I'm of build up happened. to that. Like, what's going to happen after? Mm-hmm. You know, is it Kamala? Kamala? I always Kamala. Kamala. There Maybe if I'm saying it right, too. Gosh, oh, I have. It's like for the longest time I was calling her Kamala and I was like, oh, that's really not right, is it? <laughs> um, did you know she got married at like age 50? That's what I heard no. to, to her husband. I okay, didn't. that might be it. But she got married to her current husband at age 58 because she was so um, uh, focused on her. Yeah, she doesn't have any kids. Mm-hmm. Yep, married him in 2014 at age. Oh, she was 52? No, she was 50. Oh. Yeah. So she was super focused on her um, career and everything because she was a lawyer. Um, Dang. But yeah, how cool is it to have a VP, right? That yeah, VP. <laughs> That's a woman. It's <laughs> wild. And then we have a first, um, a, a first man. Is that what they're called? Because uh, yeah, what are they called? Man. The vice. Never really first gentleman that. or some shit like that. Mm. I don't. I've never even. I don't think I've ever heard of it. Yeah. It's it's very like gender yeah, specific, so of course. Yeah. But yeah, so that's that's super cool. I'm really excited to see what she has to say and what she's going to do. And I love that she's a woman of color. And mm-hmm. not and she's like, I think biracial, like she's mm-hmm. um South South Asian and black. I believe so. Yeah. And there's also like a lot of controversy too, because I guess like because of her there are a lot of specifically black men who are in jail for, like, petty drug crimes and things like that. So there's some friction there. So, yeah, I don't know. It's, I've seen a lot of back and forth, like, for me, like, I'm not, obviously I didn't want Trump to win, but I'm not super excited about Biden either, just because he's problematic in his own ways. Like, pretty much everybody's problematic. Like, it's, there's no good choice. Right. So, you know, we have to work with what we've got, but it's just like we can't become complacent. There's obviously a lot of problems in the system, in every system, basically, at so many levels that we just need to, like, continue to put in the work. And I'm very curious to see, like, I feel like a lot of people are fed up with the electoral college voting system. Oh, for sure. And I'm wondering, yeah. like, if now is the time when people are going to be like, that's enough. We need to, like, abolish the system. Mm-hmm. I'm so curious to see what's to come. Like, I guess I haven't really like looked for particular groups that are working toward that just because I'm kind of so animal rights focused um 
I obviously care about human rights and other social justice issues, but I've just, I'm a little more in tune with like the way campaigning and things work in the animal rights world. Mm -hmm. I'm sure there's a lot of parallels, but I just don't like have those connections, I guess. So yeah. curious to see, um, you know, what will come. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, the one thing that I was going to say is that I, I, I had, I've been very mis uh, uninformed about like Kamala. Kamala? I don't, and now I'm like questioning if yeah. I'm saying it right. No, I think I think you are. I just want to say Kamala so bad. Kamala, Kamala, um, Kamala her, Kamala. yeah, <laughs> that'll help me remember. Um, the uh, that she was a lawyer and that she that was something that she did in the past. Mm -hmm. So I'm wondering um, how she's going to ameliorate that now and. That's not, like, I work with lawyers and I work with attorneys, and sometimes I don't know how they can sleep at night knowing that they've defended the people that they've d defended. Mm -hmm. Also, the people like her, who have put people like that in jail, how she could sleep at night. And then also kind of knowing them as, like, knowing attorneys and lawyers as people myself, just yeah. people that are doing their job mm -hmm. and trying to get paid. It's, it's so just, hard. Yeah, and, and, but for me, like, I wouldn't be able to separate the two personally. Yeah. Like, I, it, if I was a lawyer for something, it would be something that I super believed in, mm -hmm. and I was only defending people that, and I know that's probably real idealistic, but, like, the only <laughs> people that... I believed in they were innocent or I believe that they were guilty or the other person was guilty or what have you. Like it's such those, a pressure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then like if you put somebody away and they didn't do something, like it's just ooh, I don't know. Yep. I I am not cut out for that kind of work. No, neither am I. I can't separate like it's too emotional for me. Yes. You know. No doubt. I would cry in court too. They're, they're horrible. And I can tell that she kinda has a lawyer slash attorney mentality mm -hmm. because she's very um She's she's fiery, and yeah. I, I like that about her, actually. Mm -hmm. So I'm hoping that uh, when it comes down to it, she'll, she'll recognize that that's, you know, problematic what she did in the past, and hopefully those people will not um, have to stay where they're at or, like, suffer have, in the yeah. future from, yeah. Yeah, it's, for the repercussions of those charges or convictions. And that's the thing. Like, I definitely, like, want to give people the opportunity to change and, like, do better and things like that. But it's just, I don't know, in that in the world of politics, it's just hard to, like, think of anybody being totally good and, mm -hmm. like, I don't know. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And, and I don't know what it's like to be somebody that's, even that much in the spotlight, mm. and I, you just never know the kind of pressures that they're facing from mm -hmm. all ends and what they get themselves into, or if they put their foot in their mouth, or yeah, got wrapped up into the wrong crowd, or everybody's watching. Yeah, yeah just and, like we've seen with like the um, locally, like people doing home demos outside Governor Walls's place, oh, for and sure, yeah. it's just. If you put yourself out there like that, like, you're going to pretty much expect to be, when shit goes down, they're coming for you. Yeah. Yeah. And that's just a lot of pressure. And, mm -hmm. like, I, I get it. Like, it's not, you have people wanting you to make a decision this way, and then others wanting you to do it this mm -hmm. way. And it's just like, okay, what's going to, what's going to be best for everybody mm -hmm. here and benefit everybody? Like, I just, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's, it's obviously nice to be in a position of power for so many reasons, but, like, all the other stuff that comes along with it, mm -hmm. I just... I don't know. Mm -hmm. 
It's tricky. The one thing that I can say, and I was going to say this in the beginning, is that at least we do not have someone who is overtly so anti-feminist mm -hmm. in a position of ultimate power at the top. Like, like convening with world leaders and, like, just, oh, I just... So I, many things. I don't know... The last four years, I, I wonder what it was like for those other people that were meeting with him. And they, they were, he was so not presidential in such, he was so not professional and presidential. He represented our country, I think, in like the worst way possible. And if people think that a majority of our population that's the kind of mentality that we operate under and carry around with us. That is not all of us. Mm -hmm. Obviously, as you can see, like, he was voted out. Thank goodness. It's also scary how many people voted for him. Like, I, I guess at this point I shouldn't even be surprised, but I'm just a little bit alarmed. Mm -hmm. Like, well, Mm -hmm. And then, like, people who are still, like, rocking the Trump flags yep. and just, like, and why? he hasn't conceded yet. As uh -huh. of right now, he has not conceded. Right, yeah. I'd be yeah. curious when uh, this comes out, where oh things will be. Gosh. But, yeah, and they had um, big protests, too, like, uh, in Minneapolis. The I think it was post-election. They shut down I-94. Like, protesters went up, and they were just doing, like, a doesn't matter who wins, like, all we really have is each other, mm -hmm. and I've been following Toussaint Morrison a bunch, mm -hmm. um, his Instagram and, like, his YouTube as well, and that's kind of been where I've been getting a lot of my local news, because he's been, like, on the ground and at the forefront. It's also really weird, because I have a Spotify playlist, it's my end 2020 list, and there was this song, and I, I started realizing, like, I just keep adding songs without really looking who's writing them, mm -hmm. or who, you know, who's putting them out. And so the song came on that I know most of the words to at this point, and I'm like, I look down, and it says Toussaint Morrison. I was like, what? I'm like, okay, there's not two Toussaint Morrison. Same guy. I did not even know he was a musician. And no here I've been, like, loving the song. Yeah. And here I've been watching his YouTube videos, not realizing this is the same person. Oh <laughs> um... Yeah, I was also creeping back on some of his older YouTube videos, and he sounds like he's vegetarian. Oh, sweet. Yeah. So, I, I guess that was a while ago, so I don't know if he still is. But, um, yeah, he's been down at the forefront, and he um, does, like, a Good Morning Minneapolis bit on YouTube. And he was talking about, I think it was, like, 646 people got arrested when they um, marched onto the highway. And it's wild, because, like, the cops, like kettled them in and wouldn't let them leave like they were just gonna like march into the highway for a little bit and then like continue on but like the cops and I think National Guard like were surrounding them and keeping them there wow. one of my friends who was there said <clears throat> that when they got arrested the cop was not wearing a mask so they had to wait for you know a COVID result before they could resume their life because um I guess that cop had been spreading COVID around. It's just like, okay. And, um, oh my gosh. Yeah, I guess they were giving out tickets, um, saying people were being like a public nuisance. It's like, well, you're the ones that are like causing a big deal by keeping everybody here. They were out there for like six hours. Yeah. It's absolutely ridiculous. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So that happened. Other than that, I, I don't know if there's been any other like big protests or mm -hmm. things going on that I've heard locally. It's too damn cold. 
Yeah, and that's the thing, too. I wonder, like, with the cold months coming, I bet a lot of that's going to be kind of shut down. But I know there's been, like, community feedings and meal sharing mm-hmm. and things like that. So yeah, you said there was a community fridge? Yeah, okay. a community fridge that now that went up in front of, oh, what's the spot? Moon Palace? Yeah, Moon Palace Books. Um, they have an Instagram page, but they haven't updated anything super recently. It's just Community Fridge Minneapolis. But yeah, so people can drop off stuff for those in need, which is pretty cool. There's a there's a couple of um, they're like the community little libraries, like the yeah in people's yards and stuff. And that's what this thing looks like. So I I'm reticent to say it's a community fridge, but it's also mm-hmm. there's one in Northeast Minneapolis outside of Eastside Neighborhood Services or like the the building right across from Eastside Neighborhood Services, which is a Hennepin County building that has, like, child care, and it's kind of shut down. I don't know if it's a community <clears throat> fridge, but I did see cans of things in there. Like yeah, canned goods. the little libraries, mm-hmm. they do, like, little pantries. Yeah, oh, whatever. that's what it is. It's yeah. a little pantry. That's what it is called. You're right. Such a great idea. Yeah, so th- there's one right there. They're popping up all over the place, so I'm sure you could Google and, like, find one, because mm-hmm. there's got to be locators for that sort of thing. But Moon yeah. Palace, in addition to also having that community fridge outside of it, has the best fucking pizza I've ever had in my life. You should go there get the vegan pizza and I don't know if they're open now but you might be able to order and then just like pick up or like get to I don't know if they do delivery actually Hmm. but in any case it is the best I've heard this and I haven't tried it yet it's like sourdough crust and I think that's how they get you (laughs) yeah so good that's how they get you it's so good it's not like super sourdough but it's got like this like really I can't even describe it the texture of it is like my perfect pizza crust texture oh, it's man. like chewy but it's still like kind of fluffy mm. and then um they and then they do really really good like vegan flavors there was this one that had like vegan uh feta and like aged vegan aged cheese with like beet sauce so it was like this like sweet savory oh, beets. oh so good I need to get over there. Toppers has vegan pizza now, oh, too. so good, too. Yeah, I really like their crust. It's thicker. I feel like a lot of, like, the vegan crusts are thin, so I was pretty psyched to see that. Do you have uh, toppers near you? I do, yeah. Use Blaine. Yeah. Nice. That's nice. Mm-hmm. Um, the only other thing that I wanted to say is that we can finally take our fucking tops off in Minneapolis. Yes! In the parks. Woo-hoo. Yes! Yeah, previously. That's so silly that they were allowing women, or whoever, mm-hmm. actually, to be topless in the city, which I don't think... I mean, I haven't personally seen it being displayed or people taking advantage of that. Or maybe, I bet a lot of people don't even know. Or people are worried about, like, unwanted attention or being assaulted. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, the, the fact that they weren't allowing it in the parks. Yeah. It, like, community spaces, like, you know, it's going to be interesting because I remember studying abroad in Slovenia. And I was in Puran, like, right on the coast of Croatia. And me and my friend were swimming in the Adriatic. I know this mm. like... Moons <laughs> of the Adriatic Sea when we drink red wine. And, like, it's, so, it's such a bougie fucking thing to say. But I was very privileged to have studied abroad there and got to do that. And But there was this woman in the Adriatic Sea with her top off. And my colleague from graduate school, he was having a bit of an issue with this because he's not used to seeing women uh-huh. with their tops off in public. And he was also of a certain religion and he was engaged to somebody so he felt like he was oh, geez. sinning or something like that if he was looking at it. So he was like averting his eyes and everything. Yeah. And then me and my colleague, of course, she's just as awesome as I am <laughs> and I mean like a little bit crazy and we were both just like oh we should we should totally do that 
we ended up not doing it just to be respectful of our male colleague yeah. who was kind of freaking out. And But that was the only reason why we did that. But I think about that now and I'm like, what if people from my job saw me with my top off? Like, what mm. would that do? Are there going to be repercussions for somebody in my, my position? Right. Um, where I might actually be putting my job at jeopardy if someone sees me out in public. Am I not able to exercise that right to be bare-chested? Um, and really what we're talking about here is just like a couple extra, maybe ounces, maybe a pound, of boob fat, people. Like, right. that's skin all we have up there. Yeah, skin fat. And so it's, it's something to consider. And that was just us trying to be considerate of our male colleague back then. Mm-hmm. Now, like... I own my own house, I'm in a neighborhood, but, like, what's to say my neighbors won't be offended by that? I right. I just, you know, there are, there's probably going to be a time and place to do it, and I can't wait to do it, but, like, wearing a bra or, like, feeling like you need to wear a bra or what have you, or, and obviously needing to wear a shirt up until now, mm-hmm. when it's hot as balls outside, I can't, like, just extra I would to get love to take my, my shirt off. Me too. One thousand percent. So. But yeah, you're right. That probably brings a lot of people um, that to mind, I guess, who wouldn't want to do that because they might run into people that they are their clients or whatever, mm-hmm. and it might you don't know people's feels on it, even though it's like okay, it's just skin, like we all have it, like mm-hmm. really not a big deal in the scheme of things. But not everybody views it that way, right? Right? Yeah, they have boobs have been women chests have been hypersexualized, mm-hmm. so. I and so you're we're kind of butting up against that. Like even though we can so staunchly say we should be able to walk around with our shit stuff just like men can, or they should be just as censored as censored as we are mm-hmm. when burying our chest. Yeah. Um it, it we're still butting up against something that is like conditioned into our culture mm-hmm. that still has yet to kind of unravel and like I don't know how long it's gonna take us to not be able to sexualize. Bear, bear women chests. Right. It was just so wild reading the comment sections too, like when they posted about this, um, you know, new allowance and people were like, well, I'm not taking my kids to the parks in Minneapolis anymore. Or like, I'm not visiting Minneapolis anymore. It's like, you're that offended. Mm-hmm. Like really? Mm-hmm. Of all the things to get, I don't know. It's just people are ridiculous. And they were like saying how Minnesota's turning into California. I'm like, awesome. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> Good for us, okay? Yeah. Yeah. Um, the one thing I will say is that, I mean, I I had a huge turning point in my life right around grad school time where um, I was trying a lot of new things and, like, realizing that the way of living and thinking wasn't really my jam The prior to graduate school kind of um, coming up in my life. And I learned a lot got a different way of, like, thinking about the world now, and I was a totally different person back then. Mm-hmm. And also, I remember going to yoga class and, like, these women just, like, taking all their clothes off and me being startled by that and being, like, I, you know, cool, but also this is kind of I, – I wasn't offended, mm-hmm. but I was just, like, I'm not used to this. Yeah. Like, I'm used to seeing an actual female body that's not on TV right. and, like, airbrushed and, like, looking, like, no skin – like abnormalities, mm-hmm. quote unquote, whatsoever, and these women were just like barren at all. Yeah, and it was a very I like the yoga studio. It was um 
uh, Moto Yoga. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was the one I started going to for uh, it's a, great spot. a little bit there. Yeah, it was great. Um, but yeah, they were getting naked, like just whipping their, like no reservations whatsoever. And it, it took some getting used to for me. And I'm sad to say that, but maybe that's what it's like. Maybe that's how I need to think about this and like empathize with people that are like a little, that's true. Not, they just haven't been mm-hmm. exposed to that. Yeah. It, which I can understand. Yeah. Massage um, school changed a lot of things for me too. I remember walking to class my first day and I'm like, I'm about to go like touch naked bodies. Mm-hmm. Like. I had maybe had one or two massages prior, and I, like, left my underwear on, and mm-hmm. now I'm, like, obviously, like, my clients can do whatever they want, but it's obviously easier, like, the less, like, if they want a glute massage and they have underwear on, like, it's a little trickier. You can't mm-hmm. get in there as well. I think people are weird by other people touching their butt, like, <laughs> massaging their butt. Yeah. And I'm, I'm so used to it now that I just don't give a shit, mm-hmm. but it feels really good. Like, you're, yeah. you're, yeah, and it releases your hips. You don't realize how much tension yep. and everything. Like, your glutes do a lot of work. Mm-hmm. It's a big muscle. But I can't imagine, like, having to... And then being, like, some people... You like, don't want to offend anybody. Yeah, and you don't like, want to... Yeah, and, like... And also, some people might have very strong s- smells. Yeah. Think, yeah. Self-consciousness I mean, creeps in, and they're not relaxed. Yeah. And yeah, it's definitely a... Something to... I remember this... Um, one of my clients, who has been a client for years... Um, you know, he'd always, like, kept on his boxers or whatever, and I didn't know if it was, like, maybe he thought it was, like, respectful to me, or if he was just more comfortable like that. Like, Mm -hmm. I didn't think too much about it. But, um, I remember, like, years into him seeing me, he had said something like, so, like, what do most people do? Like, do most people get, like, fully undressed? Or, and I said, it's, you know, honestly just a mix. It's whatever feels good. And, um, basically it came around to, like, would I be uncomfortable if he didn't, didn't wear them. And I said, no, not at all. Like, it was nice, of course, that he asked, but like, and maybe I could make that a little more clear to when people first come to me. Like, it's literally whatever you want. Like, you're the one that's paying for a service. I mm-hmm. want you to be comfortable. Whatever's going to help you relax. Um, but yeah, so now he doesn't wear them and it's nice because then he can get the glute work in there mm-hmm. and like, that's what he'd been missing out on. Cause I usually just use like whatever clothing is left on as kind of boundaries in a sense, especially mm-hmm. if they're underwear. Like, okay, that's where I, you know, start and stop. Like, mm-hmm. so yeah, it's it's tricky. Mm-hmm. But that's where communication comes in. Yep. With, yep. Uh, as with anything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. Uh, well, I'm glad that um, he he got his butt massage. <laughs> they are really nice. Yeah. Like especially if you're like uh, a runner. Mm-hmm. I remember I was dating somebody who was a runner, and he really liked that sort of thing. And mm-hmm. like, I was like, that's kind of strange, but I guess I got it. <laughs> and now I really get it. Yeah. Because I've had it done to me. And it, yeah. It and people really have, good. like, sciatic problems. Like, I have one mm-hmm. friend who would come to me and she would just say, like, can you please work on my glutes for, like, 45 minutes? And I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. So Awesome. Are you still doing the massage? I am, but it's it's. I've just had my, like, regular kind of core three, four people sure. that I've been working on for years. Mm-hmm. I haven't really, like, put it out there, like, with COVID and everything. Like, mm-hmm. oh, anybody want a massage? Because I do it out of my home. Um, so I usually just do it with people that I, you know, know on some level and trust mm-hmm. to, you know, give my address and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But um, it's nice, too, like, partners and I exchange massage. So, like, I still have that. And then... My um, best friend of 26 years just visited, and we exchanged massage, so. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it was really nice, and just, like, needed. Yeah. Like. That, that's, no, that's really nice, though. I never thought about exchanging massage. Mm-hmm. That's really nice. Um, 
Oh, I was just going to quick shout out to my masseuse, and she just got her website up and running, but she goes, um, it's Enchanting Ways is, mm-hmm. I think it's EnchantingWaves.com, I could be wrong on that, but she's, her name is Kaylee, and Kaylee is fantastic if you're in the Minneapolis area, she does service over south out of her home as well. Nice. Um, but she's over south Minneapolis, and she does like a blend of, she is kind of more like, I guess people would call it woo-woo, but it's really just, like, energy work-ish. Yeah. And so when I get a massage by her, she's doing a lot of balancing of the chakras mm-hmm. and, like, clearing of old energy and stale energy and stuff like that. And I tell you what, I have not strayed from her because I have not gotten a better massage from anybody else. And, I mean, that is my jam. I love that so much. So she she's very, very good at what she does, and I've never walked away from a massage with her not feeling, like... 1,000% better. It's so, so nice when you can, like, find that person. Just, like, with getting your hair done or anything. Mm-hmm. Like, when you can find someone that, like, this is exactly what I'm seeking. Yep. That's so great. Yep. And I think it's been, like, several years since we started. So I, like, literally have not strayed from her. I've tried a couple other people mm-hmm. in addition when she was kind of taking a break from it. Yeah. But... And that's the thing, too. Like, just... I always tell people, too, like, if you're my friend and you're coming to me and, like... I have a pretty specific kind of massage that I do. Like, I don't do deep tissue work. Mm-hmm. Um, I do, like, a relaxing Swedish. I'll obviously get into knots and stuff. But, like, it's not for everybody. Like, you mm-hmm. seek different things and at different times, too, depending on, like, if you're working out or, like, what's going on, if you have an injury. Mm-hmm. Um, so I always tell people, like, don't feel obligated to come back to me. Just, like, if someone were to do my hair. And I was like, well, I actually like, want to try this person. Yeah. You know, just to not have that obligation. Like, I think, hopefully, like, I feel like in now that I'm in my 30s, people are a little more, like, accepting of things like that, where Mm -hmm. I feel like, and this could just be, like, maybe the people I surround myself with or whatever, but I feel like in my 20s, people took things more a little, like, defensively. Mm -hmm. It probably is a lot of, like, the people I surround myself with, too, but it's nice to have that just, like, yeah, openness, like. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, there's a certain, like, settling into oneself that I think happens in the 30s and I think it's I, I hope it's collective because it feels really good yeah I mean I I am so much more myself than I have ever been but that was kind of like that process started in probably my very late 20s me too up until now and yeah yeah it's it's nice and not knowing that um if you have preferences in certain things like just like you spoke to um that it's not personal when right. you want to try something else or what have you that's Mm -hmm. no that's good to realize for sure all right um should we go into our topic yeah okay so we thought we'd talk more about relationships today but uh more with an emphasis on intimacy right yeah yeah so ashley did you want to kick this off or i could just start talking about my journey yeah go ahead please do well i mean it just goes back to like the whole yoga thing like bodies to me naked bodies were were not necessarily, my body was, like, and this is on my own body issues, too, like, coming out, I'm sure, body image issues, Mm -hmm. but when I was a kid, as I was raised to believe that my body was a little bit shameful, so, um, my mom, bless her heart, she's kind of changed as well, because I've kind of nailed the feminism into her, (laughs) like, you know, having lectured her and talked to her and had many conversations, um, I think that she gets it now, and she's also re-examining her own feminism, and that's, that's awesome. really cool. Yeah, wow. it really is, and it's like permeating her relationship with my my dad, and they're married, but you know, it's my dad's a very traditional, 
sort of, and so they get into some pretty heated conversations about it, but I'm glad that she's at least speaking up for herself yeah. and knows what she believes in now because she came from a pretty rough upbringing um, that was like alcoholism and, mm-hmm. and a lot of uh, domestic violence. So in that regard, I understand where she came from and why she thinks the way that she thinks and why she kind of expressed those views when I was growing up. I know the overall, the overarching concern was that I was going to get myself hurt. Mm -hmm. And so if I bared any part of my body, I was opening myself to possibly being touched and stuff like that. And that's really not unrealistic. Right. Sadly. Yeah. So in any case, a body was something to be covered up and I was kind of ashamed of my own and of its imperfections as I saw them, Um, which is not so, not really the case anymore, but it kind of spiraled into like eating disorder issues and stuff like that. So being Mm -hmm. intimate with somebody and feeling comfortable with them touching my body um, for a very long time was an issue. Mm-hmm. because I'd always think, oh, my gosh, I got, like, a dimple here, or, like, a, like, um, you know, I'm not, you know, my ribs show, but, like, I do have a little bit of a tummy here, and, like, mm-hmm. you know, I just have a weird, I always thought my body looks kind of weird, and, um... So common. Yeah, and Isn't so being crazy? naked in front of somebody was, was an exercise in, like, I don't know, not trying not to think too hard about it afterwards, mm-hmm. I guess, and think about what they were thinking about. Yeah. And then also, you know, every month I, I would get my period, and if I was ever, like, being intimate on my period, that is still an issue for me, to be quite honest. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's something. Uh, but, yeah, and then touching other people's bodies. I don't, like, the one thing that this all comes around to is that, like, when I really think about it, I do not think about any other girls' bodies, like imperfections quote-unquote dimples like any extra fat or like being too muscly or what have you what mm-hmm. have you like there is no thought in my like I have no thought in my mind about that I know what I prefer like in terms of being attracted to a female body because I kind of am sometimes mm-hmm. like I know what I like to look at mm-hmm. but like any other body type besides that is it's a non-issue like I, I don't have anything body. to say about it Mm-hmm. And for the longest time, I feel like a lot of people, maybe in the culture that I grew up in, the whitewashed suburban, did have a lot of a lot to say about that. And it was kind of that really toxic, icky, like, if you don't have a good body, you probably shouldn't be showing it uh, yeah. sort of situation. And that was kind of what my mom, uh, you know, echoed to me as well. So mm-hmm. that was the thing that I grew up in. So it, you know, coming to terms with that and, like, realizing that, my body's actually pretty good. Like, it's not... I really like it, actually. Right. And um, don't see any issue with it anymore. Is That was a really big deal and probably something that happened over the last 10 years, honestly. It's so yeah. interesting. Like, I feel like everybody... Not everybody, but a large majority of people that I talk to um, has had body image issues. Mm-hmm. You know? It's so prevalent. And doing massage therapy, too. Mm-hmm. And people will, like, apologize. Like, oh, my... My legs might be a little prickly, and I'll, like, pull this up and be like, I have the longest hair on my (laughs) my legs right now. It's no shave November. I have not shaved all month. Like, I don't give a fuck. Like, you don't need to apologize for your body. Like, I don't think twice about it. And honestly, I owe a lot of that, I think, to my friend Manasa. She was in um, massage school with me. Mm -hmm. And she doesn't shave any area of her body. And I personally had never really, like, been friends with or been around anybody like that. Mm -hmm. And it was really cool just to see, like, what a free spirit she was. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I want to be more like her. Mm -hmm. Like, I want to just not even care. And honestly, so that was, like, 2013. 
I guess that was when I really started massage school changed a lot of things for me, but I really started to kind of shift my perception on a lot of things. But, um, just to see somebody having all this body hair and to not care what anybody thought about mm-hmm. it was just like, that's so great. Whereas you still have these people, um, you know, men, women, whoever could see that and be like, ugh, like make mm-hmm. a gross, like, just mm-hmm. like this No Shame November. I've been doing this for several years. Like it started as a dare from a partner and like, I realized, wow, I actually kind of like not shaving mm-hmm. sometimes. Like, you shave your legs, yeah, it's great for, like, a day, but then you have, if you get cold the next and you get goosebumps, like, you've got prickles, it's just kind of annoying, mm-hmm. um, but it kind of turned into, like, a social experiment, like, I would show coworkers just to, like, get their, you know, reaction, and people, sometimes it was, like, ew, or gross, and it's, like, well, wait, now, why do you think that, like, mm-hmm. because you've been told and shown through, like, the media that women are supposed to have these, like, hairless, smooth bodies, Mm-hmm. Like it's just so bizarre. I'm I'm cringing because like women being completely hairless is just so weird to me now. You know and right yeah, and like, I think about that myself. Like obviously, obviously everybody has gross. their preference. Right. Like, and I shouldn't think that's gross, but it, I I don't know why I'm cringing. It's <laughs> there is yeah. It's it's just interesting and like I've seen um like women who don't shave on YouTube and stuff will talk about like. Why do men want like hairless vaginas? Like, and they'll equate it to like young kids and things like that. And I think like, that's what's grossing me out. Yeah, and that's yeah. kind of gone in my mind too. Like, I've personally never been one to go totally bare down below unless I've fucked up while shaving, but I prefer <laughs> to have like a little bit there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also know that I have my preferences on partners too. Like, if I'm gonna be down below, I don't want to like end up getting hair all over my, you know, in my mouth and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So I get it, like, people have their preferences and that's okay, but it's, like, where it becomes an issue is when you're, like, voicing disgust or making someone feel shameful for, like, their own body and their own preferences, you know? And, like, with um, my legs being hairy, like, you know, I have partners who don't think twice about it, they don't care, and I have others who are, like, "Eh," like, they don't love it, but they're not gonna, like, trash me for it, obviously. If they did, I wouldn't be with them. Um, But, yeah, and I, I don't know. I just, it's so interesting how, like, society shapes our perception of these things. And how it affects how, like, how we're able to be intimate with other people. Mm-hmm. Because of the way that we think about our bodies and the way that we think about theirs as well. Yeah. And just, like, with anything, too, I think about that, like, I was thinking about a lot this morning, like, preferences. Like, for me, I typically prefer men with facial hair. Yeah, me too. Like, I, I was thinking about, it, like, wow, if one of my partners, like, shave their face, like, what... Would I think differently? It's like, no, I know that I wouldn't. But, like, it's just this... It's just so interesting how yeah. you form these preferences. And, like, I don't know why I have these preferences. I just mm-hmm. prefer facial hair. I don't know. Yeah, the, the one thing that I think across the board with me with, like, lack of hair in general and why I was cringing earlier is it makes me think of children. Like, the bare-faced children. And then that really grosses me out because I know that some people... Yeah. I, I mean, mm. I work with people that have offended on children and it's like not mm-hmm. it just makes me sick to my stomach so yeah. anyways that's why cringe really is not because <laughs> people who shave everything are gross it's right because of that so it just makes you think of yeah yeah so but i mean when it comes down to it um i i do shave my legs and i like that but it was kind of a a thing i had to identify for myself and really yeah. think about for myself and I don't think a lot of people do that they just don't really question why they have their preferences but mm-hmm. I'm you know kind of the same with your leg hair 
and everything, um, you one day you were just like, well, maybe I do like it, or maybe I don't want to shave my armpits, or what have you. Mm-hmm. And and then it became what you actually, you enjoy having hair there. And, and it's like, and it varies too. Like, yeah. maybe that's just like my Gemini nature, but like, I haven't worked out. I've worked out once this last month. Mm-hmm. I usually have like a lull this time of year. And so I think my armpit hair for this month hasn't bothered me because I'm not doing a ton of sweating. Like, oh, I'm not sure. working out. I'm not... So it doesn't bother me, but, like, I'm planning on, like, getting back to it, well, tomorrow, Monday. Um, so who knows? Maybe it'll go because it'll just, like, feel gross to have all that extra wetness under there. So, yeah. And, like, my leg hair, like, I don't know. I don't really love the look of it on myself, but, like, the convenience of, like, eh, I don't want to shave. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to take a bath tomorrow. I'm going to soak, and I'm going to shave my legs, and mm-hmm. it's gonna, I'm going to enjoy the smoothness. Yeah. Um, sometimes that is nice. Yeah. So, yeah, it all just comes down to preference and knowing what you like for yourself. Because, like you said, a lot of people don't even question that. Yeah. We just do things because we think we're supposed to do them. And mm-hmm. I remember being young. Like, I don't know how old I was when I started shaving. But, like, I would, like, sneak my, like, mom or stepmom's razor and, like, shave my legs. Because mm-hmm. I thought that that's what I wanted to do. Or mm-hmm. other people that I knew at school were doing it. And so, mm-hmm. like, I felt like, well, am I weird because I have leg hair? Like, I need to get rid of it. Mm-hmm. It's just so oh, interesting. I did that too. And like my mom never talked to me about body hair. I don't mm-hmm. recall any conversation about that. Like I think I started shaving before I even was supposed to start shaving. <laughs> yeah. Before I even had any hair anywhere <laughs> to shave. Really get rid of? Yeah. yeah. So that's yeah, it's kind of ingrained in our culture, is it not? Mm-hmm. Um and I know men that like shave their backs and yeah. And stuff and, and, and it's because but they do it because the hair bothers them. Like right. I can understand if you had like a shirt on and it would get itchy or what have mm-hmm. you. Yeah. I bet that would get annoying. Yeah. So to each their own. Yes. And but also okay, so then we kind of went off on that <laughs> tangent. But that's okay because it is partial to intimacy, I feel. True, yeah. yeah it ties like in. Comfortability with your body, comfortability with your your partner's body or a partner's <laughs> bodies. Yeah. Um, like you said, too, like, kind of tying things back to, like, your parents and their upbringing, I think that's where a lot of our, like, intimacy and thoughts and feelings stem. Mm-hmm. Like, what we were modeled. Mm-hmm. Like, there, with my own, like, immediate parents, there wasn't a lot of, like, affection or intimacy or things like that. Yeah, but, like, with my Graham, um, I moved in with her my freshman year of high school, and I've just been thinking about this a lot recently, um, after not really thinking about it for years, but, like... Even in high school, she would tuck me in at night. Like, she'd come in and she would, like, rub my back or, like, rub my head, like, my mm-hmm. hair. I just love that. I still love that to this day, and I love doing it to others. And, like, it was such a comforting thing. Mm-hmm. And I think back, and I think my gram is the reason that, like, I love, like, affection and that, like, intimacy so much is because she kind of was a good model for that. Mm-hmm. Which is also interesting because it sounds like she wasn't necessarily a good model of that for her own kids Mm. but me like she kind of got like this do-over to have another kid and like maybe do things in a different way and um it was never like a uncomfortable or inappropriate it was Mm. always just very like sweet Mm -hmm. and I'm so appreciative that appreciative of that looking back um but yeah I know that like intimacy has been an issue like when I was um in long-term monogamous relationships like you know, in the beginning, you've got that new relationship energy, and, like, mm-hmm. you can't get enough of each other, and it feels really good, but, like, 
as time goes on, you see a lot of that just kind of fading away. Mm-hmm. You don't have the intimacy. You just feel kind of like you're, like, roommates or friends or whatever. And um, I think there's something to be said about, like, keeping that alive. Um, and it's just amazing how many people I know who are, like, in long-term relationships or marriages, and they have, like, little to no intimacy, mm-hmm. and they're really suffering because of it. Mm-hmm. And it's tough to navigate because... You don't want to be needy, and you also sometimes expect your partner to just, like, know what you want, and so I think, um, obviously, communication is a big thing that comes into play, again, like, with anything, just voicing, like, our needs and our wants to our partners, and, like, the love languages come in, like, knowing your partner's love language, and, like, kind of looking at their background, too, and seeing, like, when I raised the issue um, with my long-term monogamous partners, two of the three, um, although looking back, the third one also probably had this issue, but, like, their parents didn't really model affection and attention in their relationships, and, like, all three had parents who were still married um, when we were together, but, like, some of them had, like, separate bedrooms even, okay. and, like, they were thinking back, like, they hardly ever even saw their parents so much as, like, hug or kiss. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of, like, what was in their mind. Like, they're just like, oh, this is kind of how things go. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't have to be like that. And, like, I just think that matching up your um, wants and needs for intimacy with your partner is really important. Because if you don't have that, you're not – It's I can't see, like, longevity or happiness long-term in that kind of a dynamic if you're not, you know, getting those needs met. But I think that a lot of people equate intimacy with sex, and that's not even nope. necessarily either. And I honestly feel that's a huge complaint. It's been a complaint of mine in relationships, too. Um, and, like, when my friend uh, was recently over, we were talking, well, two different friends, actually, um, and they're both married, and there's, like, no intimacy. And I just, I feel like <sighs> it's such a sensitive topic, mm-hmm. in a sense. You don't want to bring it up to your partner and make it make them feel like they need to do these things so then it feels forced and they're only doing it because you want them to, mm-hmm. which I've had happen before. And it's just like, well, if you're going to rub my back and not have any, like, I feel like you're doing it only because I want to, not because you want to also, like, make me feel good, then I'd rather just not even have it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it's, so I think there's hesitancy in bringing that up, um, And also, there's a problem, too, when I know that I've brought it up before, and it will change for, like, a little period of time, but then it, like, falls off again, and Mm -hmm. you're back at square one, and it's like, what is going on? Mm -hmm. Like, I'm giving affection. Why am I not getting it back? Mm -hmm. But I've had um, several friends say that they feel like their partners only touch them when they want sex. They can't just come up and be wrap them in a warm embrace and, like, give them a kiss on the cheek, and that's that. Mm -hmm. Like, they don't get affection or intimacy unless it's going to lead to sex. Okay. And I feel like that uh, throughout my 20s and now my 30s, that's been a long-standing complaint of a large majority of people that I know. Okay. So I hope that people listening will take that into consideration. Um, You know, especially, like, women or people that I know who identify as women – don't like just, like, having your partner come up and, like, grab you. Mm-hmm. Like, it's one thing if it's, like, a playful butt grab or whatever, but when you're just really being grabby and it's not, like, a... I don't know. I just think paying attention to, like, timing and your partner's feelings and how receptive they're being, if they're being playful back, is, like, really important. Yeah. I d- there's something to be said for, like, being able to vibe with somebody and 
<laughs> I mean, communication is always, verbal communication to me, like, that's my love language anyway, so it makes it, like, doubly hard, when, and in this culture, I feel we, we shy away from, from conflict and, like, questioning things in order to avoid conflict, Yeah, and that's kind of the central part of any sort of relationship issue I've had recently or in the past is that just like that lack of verbal communication and when we actually took the issue up like verbally and had a conversation about it it was too late and so like knowing yeah knowing timing and stuff like that and and making sure you're being clear that this is to me it's so everything in a relationship that I get like squeamish or weird about or like I feel uncomfortable with that's always ever about me and not about the person to mm-hmm. be quite honest um about my own preferences or about a hang-up that I had in the past or what have you like if I'm like being touched too much or being touched too little that's usually not about the person themselves and so like I mean how do you make up that gap you got to communicate and tell them what you need right and the one thing that I'm feeling now more than ever is that and even in my current relationship, is that I'm dying for this person that I'm spending my time with to tell me what they fucking need or what they want. Um, but that's a, you know, that's a hard give and take, you know, too. Yeah, it is. It's a, it's a tricky thing to navigate. And that's yeah. why I feel like when I meet people or when I start relationships, I really try to put as much out there. I think maybe being polyamorous as well, like this has made me even more so, but just like, I try to put as much out there, like, this might sound bad, but, like, kind of here's what you're getting into, Mm -hmm. like, here's what you can expect, like, I'm going to be very open and honest, and even so, like, it's just interesting how I feel like I can be very open, honest, and communicative, and then before I know it, there's been things that have been piling up that I haven't been voicing, Mm -hmm. that I've just been kind of like, oh, you know, it wasn't really that big of a deal or whatever, and Mm -hmm. then it turns out, like, later, I think, you know what, that kind of is a big deal. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, I recently actually had that um, with one of my partners where I kind of was just fed up with some things, Mm -hmm. and I kind of laid it out, and he really took the time to, like, dive in on what I had said. And journaled about it and dissected it. And then we had a long conversation about it, about, like, each thing that I had said. And that's when I realized, like, holy shit, here I think I'm this great communicator. And I've been, like, letting this stuff pile up. And he didn't even know about some of these things. Like, it ties back. You can't expect your partner to be a mind reader. And it's just, like, knowing what you want yourself. Like, what are your needs and wants? Because if we don't know what we want, our partners can't know. Mm -hmm. And that's a big issue in a lot of relationships, I think. So, And, you know, I'm going to go so far as to say it's an issue in all relationships at some point. Yes. Like, no part- partner is ever going to be 1,000% perfect for you and, like, get you. And, like, that's such a projected thing on TV that, like, oh, you're going to meet this person that just, like, fucking gets you and you won't have to guess anything. You won't have to communicate. It'll all just be, like you know, yep, yep, (laughs) and it'll just be amazing. No, that fucking doesn't exist. (laughs) I guarantee it. I've dated enough people to know that that does not exist. I mean, you know, you go, I've gone with the relationship where I was just like, oh my God, we get each other so much. Mm -hmm. And later on down the line, and I'm talking like not even like a year, like months down the line, we're coming up with the same issues that I don't, I'm not expressing what I need. Mm -hmm. 
and they're feeling like they can't express what they need, and then all of a sudden, the thing, the whole thing blows up. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, I'm, that's awesome. I wanted to, you were talking about that earlier, but that's awesome that your partner actually, like, that's the thing. put in that much effort. That spoke volumes yeah. to me. Like, when someone can take something like that and not get, like, super defensive, because I was, you know, I often I try to, like, turn the tables around. Wow, if this was sent to me, how would I feel? What would my reaction be? And it helps me to be more forgiving. Like, if somebody's, like, a little, you know, cold or standoffish because, like, you're, they're caught off guard, you know, and that's mm-hmm. to be expected. Um, but, yeah, just, I so every, usually every Sunday when we get together, we have, I don't know if I mentioned this on the previous episode, but what we call it an S3. <laughs> it's kind of silly. Sunday scissor session, which sounds weird. Um, but we just sit on the couch <laughs> on opposite ends and our legs are just kind of like, you know, scissored together or whatever. Oh, and, that's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's silly, but that's yeah. Adorable. So we do our S3s and we just like talk about things that have been on our mind that we've been journaling about separately. And like, um, he's really good about like sharing things in his journal with me. And I think sometimes it bothers him that I don't really share what's in my journal with him, but my journal is like for me and me only. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, I'll like take certain bits and pieces and then bring it to him and, you know, things that I've been thinking about and wanted to talk about. Um, but it has really like opened my communication even further. And it's been really helpful to me to have, well, all three of my partners are very communicative. And so it's, it's really nice and it's helping me to, um, kind of put down some of my stubbornness Mm -hmm. and like understand others' perspectives a little more. Like I can be very like, nope, this is how it is. And Mm -hmm. you know, it's like, no, it's, I know. And it's, uh, it's frustrating. I'm sure for my partners at times. So I'm trying to break out of that. And it's just like, I don't know, I just think knowing yourself and realizing that, like, we all have stuff that we want to work on and need to work on, and um, I think just having open, honest conversation, and, like, I had even asked my partner when we were on a walk, I said, what are some things that you think that I need to work on, whether it's in our relationship or just in life in general, and I said, like, I'm asking because I want you to be honest with me, I'm interested in your outsider perspective, because, like, you know, I obviously have my things that... I would answer, but I want to know, like, from his perspective of me, and I said, I'm not going to get mad. It's not, like, a trap. I'm not asking you. I'm going to get pissed off, but I just want to know, and um, it was nice because he wanted some time to think about it, of course, which is totally fine, Um, but when he gave his answers to me, it was really refreshing to have him be honest, and, like, even if he thought it was something that would make me defensive, like, it was just, I asked, and so, Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's another thing, too, is, like, um... Some people will ask their partner something, but they maybe don't want them to be honest. They don't want the truth or the full answer. They want to hear what they want to hear to make right. them feel good. Yep. So it's like, don't like set those traps for your partners. Um, and also if somebody, that's a very vulnerable thing to ask of somebody, I think. For me, if I if I were to ask my, my boyfriend, like, what do I need to work on? My immediate reaction is that he's going to be, like, tell me some shit to try to manipulate me. Mm. But that that just shows you who I've been with in the past. Right. You yeah. Know? Our past relationships can really mold some things in us. Yeah, and if he if he came to me with that question, I'd be like, first of all, I'd be like, oh, my God. 
where have you been all my life? This is an amazing conversation, and I hope that you also, like, are want to give me feedback. Yeah. Like, I think that's just such an awesome thing, because this person doesn't know you like your best friend knows you, like my best platonic friend. Mm-hmm. She knows me on a certain level. He knows me on a very different, more, I think, like, multifaceted level. Like, yeah. me and my best friend are not physically intimate mm-hmm. or anything like that. And I think there's something to be said for feeling somebody's energy a certain way when you're that way with somebody yeah. that nobody else gets access to unless you have multiple partners. Yeah. But then again, you probably respond to each partner differently, so it's, like, something you share with just them, too. Mm-hmm. I, that's what I imagine, at least. And yeah, most of the time, yeah. Members, yeah. yeah. But, yeah, that's... Yeah, it's an interesting thing. So if he actually came to me with that, I'd be, I mean, I already know what I would say. <laughs> and that's not saying that he's not, like, wonderful and perfect. Yeah. But, you know, there's, there's a, always things to work mm-hmm. on. I don't know if I mentioned this in the previous, in the previous episode, too, but, like, when I meet somebody new and if they're all of a sudden, like, interested in, like, my activism and stuff, I'm like, are they an infiltrator? Like, are they sent here from Animal Egg and they want to know the ins and outs mm-hmm. of what I'm doing and working on? And, like, oh, are they going to fucking turn me in for who knows what? Like, yeah. um, that's – and it, it could be very unrealistic, like, oh, whatever, but, like – with my job, I mean, the FBI has literally shown up at my job before, not when I've worked there, but when previous people had my role. So it's like, it's a thing. It's in my mind. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, I do now have a bit of a guard up because it's like, okay, like, does this person actually seem legit? Like, like my newest partner, like, he was saying and doing, like, all the right things, which is great. And, like, I was soaking it up at first, but then I had this moment where I was like, wait a minute, am I, like is this a manipulation thing? Like, are they telling me what I want to hear? Or is this because they're genuinely interested and they're like a good person and they're just, you know, they're just good. Mm -hmm. And it's this crazy, like back and forth, like mind fuck that Mm -hmm. you kind of go through. And it's just like trusting people can be so tough, especially Mm -hmm. when you have been burned, like Mm -hmm. by people who Mm -hmm. you thought would never burn you. Like it's tough to break those walls down. But for me, I guess where I'm kind of at now, it's like, kind of what's the worst that's going to happen, I guess. You know, like, I'm going to, I decided I'm just going to let the walls down and enjoy things and be present. And, you know, if things go south, hopefully we have good moments and good memories to reflect back on. Mm -hmm. But, like, I still have myself. I still have my life going forward. It's not going to totally ruin me. Where I guess I feel like I'm in a bit of a privileged situation to say that because I have been fortunate to not be, like, totally fucked over by somebody Mm -hmm. like yeah I've been cheated on and I've been lied to and things like that but like no no, like severe like manipulation Mm -hmm. or assault or things like that so I you know I'm just speaking from my experience I guess um I can understand why others it would be more difficult for them to let their guard down but I just feel like the rewards are so great like when there's that reciprocal relationship where they're also like being vulnerable and letting their guards down and you can like see that and feel that and share that and that's where intimacy builds Mm -hmm. you know you have that vulnerability that trust in somebody um yeah that's where intimacy thrives for sure Mm -hmm. and again not even just in romantic relationships but like with friendships um Mm -hmm. like I mentioned my best friend of 26 years she came to visit me and we hadn't seen each other in a year our relationship had been pretty strained, actually. Like, there had been a couple times she had voiced that 
she felt that I was getting too wrapped up in, like, my vegan life or world and, like, because hmm. she's not vegan. Um, she was plant-based for, like, seven months and she lives in a small town in Wisconsin and it's, uh, with her family and stuff, it's just been, like, a struggle. Um, and I do appreciate that she did give it a shot, but, like, um, yeah, I, I get it. Like, animal rights is pretty much, like, my life. Like, I, it's my passion. It's my job. I just, um, yeah, I, I can't, I, I put that before most things, and I tell partners that as well. Like, if something comes up, this is where I am. Um, it's like my child. Like, it, mm-hmm. it comes first. Um, mm-hmm. If a rescue situation comes up and we have plans, I'm sorry, but I'm breaking the plans. Like, mm-hmm. um, so she had expressed, like, some concern. Like, I just feel like you don't really care about me anymore, and, like, our friendship is falling off. And, you know, I heard her out, and I I didn't, for a while there, I was trying to, like, reach out to her more and I just it kind of fell off again just like I mentioned before and like you know romantic relationships how that stuff can fall off and I let that happen in our friendship Mm -hmm. and she got to the point where bless her heart I'm so grateful for to her for this but she had basically said like you know what I know over the years we've had times where we've kind of lost contact for a while and I just want to let you know that I'm here for you when you're ready And I was like, wow, like that was just a totally no pressure. Like I just felt like I had a weight lifted when she said that. And I was so grateful. And so, um, and since she had said that, that was like several months ago and we still hadn't been super connected since then, but we planned for her to come visit me. And I was, I was a bit nervous. I was like, is the vibe going to be totally different? Like, have I kind of wrecked our friendship? Like Mm -hmm. I'm someone who really, really like loves being in the present moment. So like, when you you live hours from somebody and there's a pandemic and you're not getting that face-to-face time, I, it's kind of, I guess, a little easier for me to, like, let it fall to the wayside because I know that when I'm back with that person, I'll have no problem picking things back mm-hmm. up where we left off. But not everybody's like that, and people have different needs, um, like, again, in friendships even. So when she came, we had, like, a really raw, honest conversation, and she just expressed how she'd been feeling kind of hurt. And, like, she hasn't had anyone to talk to. And I've been her go-to for 26 years. And to, like, not have that this past year when, you know, a lot's been going on. And, like, in general, but also, like, in her personal life. And I just, I felt, we both, there were tears. We both cried. I apologized. And I just, I'm really glad that she brought it up. Because, yeah, we could have, you know, gone about our weekend and ignored that and acted like everything was fine. But, like, eventually that's a conversation that was going to need to be had. So I'm glad that it was able to be had. Um, do you ever get the sense that, like, when those conversations need to happen, there's, like, a looming something? Yes. Yeah, you can, okay. fe- like, almost feel it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, and then the longer you avoid it, the more intense it gets. <laughs> yeah. It's uncomfortable. Yeah. And, I mean, really, honestly, are you going to have the conversation right when you start feeling that cloud just a little bit? Or are you going to do it when it's a full-blown, like, thunderstorm waiting to happen? But like, such a it really good, just yeah. depends. Such a good analogy. I love that you ta- you kind of voiced about um, uh, the way that you are with picking friendships back up, because that's how I feel kind of like I am too. Like, there have been friendships that have got, we've gone months and possibly years without seeing each other in person, we just keep in contact by text or whatever, but when we get back together, it's like the same damn thing. Yeah. Like, it's, it's like no time passed. Yep. And, but that's... And maybe that's just speaks to the friendship itself and not so much myself, but I feel like I'm a lot that way. Like, it doesn't need... I'm so in my life mm-hmm. that there doesn't need to be 
as much, I guess, um, maintenance of yeah. the friendship on the outskirts of things to kind of keep it going because... That's totally how I am. And it's tough when you kind of fall for people who maybe aren't yeah. in that same wavelength, you know? Like, there's some navigating and things to do, and you have to decide, like, is this worth it? Like, are we both going to be able to get our needs met mm-hmm. in this dynamic? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and that's the thing, too. Like, I, I often find myself, like, apologizing to people for, like, being a bad friend mm-hmm. just because I, I suck at texting back. I don't like being on my phone a lot. Add to it, my phone is broken, so it's kind of a pain in the ass to use at this point. And I've been loving, like, being on it a lot less. Mm-hmm. I just, honestly, like, there's times when I, obviously, it's great having a cell phone for so many reasons, but there's many times I just wish I didn't even have one. Mm-hmm. Um, and some people, like, especially with the pandemic and, like, feeling disconnected, they really need and want that regular connection and communication. Mm-hmm. And for me, I'm kind of like, eh, I'm just, like, doing my thing, and it's nothing against the people, and that's where I always am, like, feel like I'm apologetic, like, it's not you, like, you didn't upset me, I'm not mad at you, like, it's literally, it's literally me, and just, like, my modes of communication. So I've been actually finding myself hesitant to, like, make new friends or have new friendships, because I worry about, like, the maintenance involved, and that they're gonna end up needing more than I can give. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, I have one friend who... You know, we're very different in a lot of ways. I'm way more introverted. She's very extroverted. Um, and she's more of a talker. I'm more of a listener. And she's someone who it's kind of like, you know, if you text, you expect you're probably going to get a text back within, you know, a reasonable amount of time. And for mm-hmm. me, it's like, I might see it. And maybe I'm busy and something happens and I forget that I have the message. It's not that I don't care. It's just that I'm being present. And, like, so it could be days. And it's it was kind of cool because she had said that through our friendship, it helped her understand this person that she had um, kind of a relationship with and his mode of, like, communication. Sure. She's like, I get it. Like, I'm not taking it super personally when he doesn't get back to me right away. Like, I don't know. I just think that um, treating our uh, romantic, like, intimate relationships similar to how we treat friendships, like, we can benefit in so many ways from doing that. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, if your partner's running late for something, like, do you get all pissed off and maybe ruin the night? Like, what if it was a friend? Would you be like, oh, it's no big deal. Like, you know, I'm here when you're here. Like, Mm -hmm. I think just asking yourself these questions, like, well, if this was my friend, how would I respond? Mm -hmm. And like giving, I feel like we are a little more strict with like our partners, Mm -hmm. our romantic partners. And, um, yeah. It becomes a little bit more codependent. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And, yeah. Time. No, real yeah, that's that's for real. I've I've done that in the past for sure. Like and thought about it too. Like if Ra showed up late and Ra's my best friend. Ra if Ra showed up late, I'd be like, meh, whatever. <laughs> but if he showed up late and I I don't know what it is, it's like it's like, don't you respect me? Like there's it's layered. It's so yeah. layered. like it's it's such a and it's all my past issues thrown in there too that he's totally. probably getting with that. That question, like, oh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a bummer road. But, I mean, to wrap this kind of up in a nice little bow, I think that the the one thing that I'm getting out of this conversation is that verbal communication needs to have, happen more often than not. And those lines need to be kept open, at least I'm, I'm realizing from this conversation, 
not just to benefit myself. So like the a genuine interest in what the person, the other person is feeling and thinking, not just to start a conversation so that I can insert what I want to say, which is really, I started this conversation to just tell you what I need from this and that I'm missing this, mm-hmm. but to actually start a conversation to know what they need and yeah. not to give my input. Cause I don't start conversations like that unless I have something to say myself, That's which really- is uh, unfair. <laughs> But it's cool to hear you, like, speak that and recognize mm-hmm. it and, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, self-reflection and just, I don't know, that's been a big part, a big theme of my, um, I guess, year. It's mm-hmm. just, like, diving in and journaling and asking myself questions that I maybe haven't asked before. Mm-hmm. And I think it benefits, you know, my relationships, whether they're romantic or not. Mm-hmm. Um, I love how thoughtful you are about it. And I like that um, the partners that you're with right now, it seems like they're just, I mean, they, they try to meet you where you're at in terms of being thoughtful and like really thinking about how they can make their relationship better and making it a priority. Yeah, I'm, which is awesome. Beyond like fortunate and grateful to my partners for one, like their patience. Mm-hmm. I get it. Like I'm, you're a, you're a lot like I am though. Like we're really immersed in what we do. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. and yeah, very just like so independent and yeah. like mm-hmm. my space and like mm-hmm. that can be that can be tough for many people. And so I think um, I don't know. I think setting these kind of boundaries in place and like I realize I can be flexible with my boundaries here and there if it's absolutely necessary. But like when there's somebody who respects my time and my need for like personal space that's when my heart just like busts open yeah it's like okay that's I don't want flowers I don't want gifts like if you tell me yep that's fine like you're having a no cell phone day I'm not gonna you know mm-hmm. that that's my love language right there like just yeah yeah no that would that would definitely that I go to say that that would turn me on a little bit I'd honestly like, okay, it's totally well, a non-sexual maybe turn I on. don't want to spend time <laughs> Honestly, it said so funny. Oh, wait, you like that? (laughs) I'm coming over. (laughs) Non-sexual turn-ons, I feel like, has been a big, like, theme in my life lately, too. Like, my partner, one of my partners texted me and said um, that he had, like, a big pimple for me to pop. And I was like, all caps, non-sexual turn on. Like, I'm a fucking freak, but like, yes. I know many people like you. I'm not one of those people, but I I understand it's a thing. (laughs) And to go from the fact that like, usually he hates when I pop them and isn't like a big fan of it. Mm -hmm. It hurt. It obviously it hurts. Like, if I have one, I'm popping it. I'm not giving that up. Um, unless <laughs> I actually can't reach satisfaction <laughs> to someone else. It's yours. <laughs> but yeah, like the fact that I know that he doesn't love it, but then he texted me that I was like, oh, like that's like thoughtful in a really <laughs> weird way. <laughs> I like that though. That's oh. cute. He gets you. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like that's where again, like where intimacy thrives when you feel like somebody just really gets you. Mm-hmm. You know, and even if they don't necessarily get you in some regards, but that they put in the effort and they're trying mm-hmm. to get you, like, um, well, the three relationships that I'm in, all three are new to polyamory. This is their first polyamorous dynamic, and obviously, like, it's kind of like, whoa, there's three people involved, like, with the person that they love. Like, that's tricky. Like, mm-hmm. that's a lot. And so, um, to see them, well, all three of them, like, reading books and, like, watching videos and learning more about 
non-monogamy and ethical non-monogamy and like just relationship anarchy there's so many labels that it can go under Mm -hmm. but just that they're like taking the time to learn more about it and like that means so much to me and it also it opens up a lot of good conversations they introduced me to things that I never you know Mm -hmm. ventured into in regards to these kinds of relationships um and it just like it's really it means a lot Mm -hmm. that they're willing to do that like I just I don't know I don't think that I could be with somebody who wasn't willing to like dive in and learn more about it Mm -hmm. and then just like let things build up and then have an outburst because they're frustrated with like the way that things are going and Mm -hmm. I don't know it's just it's really helped with communication which that that would be a turn on for me honestly yeah they send me a picture of a page from a book that they're reading about it like oh this Mm -hmm. made me think of you or us or like Mm -hmm. this has really got like the wheels turning I'm like oh my god that's awesome (laughs) yeah like that is definitely one of those non-sexual turn-ons um, my partner, he sent me a text, he was like, I'm eating a, or I was like, what? he was, he's like, I'm having lunch right now, or we got into a text, and it's like, you can come over, blah, 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 and I'm like, okay, that's cool, I was like, um, you get another Jimmy John sandwich, and he, and he was like, no, actually, I went over to Burger King and got an Impossible Burger, and he's like, I really like it, and I'm like, <laughs> what? <laughs> cool. That's awesome. Yeah. It's the little things. Yeah. It really is. Like, the little things mean so much. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and he, he, like, gets that every time now. He goes to, if there's an impossible burger, he actually, like, super likes it. So he gets that instead. And, yeah, it's it's really nice. Nice to see. And he'll try different things. And he's always open to trying new things. Like, that's not so his nice. issue. It's, Yeah. It's the fact that he, like, did it without telling me that he was going to do it. And yeah. Because I've had partners in the past be like, they just want praise for it. Yes. Mm-hmm. So they want that validation in the, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. So that's, like, a pat on the back where they're like, oh, you're doing one burger. <laughs> Why don't you become completely vegan and maybe I'll be super impressed. Right? Yeah. <laughs> that Yeah, that'll be, that's for sure, a way to, and to actually mean it and do it because you want to do it. Exactly. Yeah. So I did it. So my first relationship, he was vegan the entire five years that we were together, almost the entire five years that we were together. And the moment that I ended that relationship, no. he went and ate duck. What? And I was like, what the fucking shit? So like, and that's why I'm so, like, he, so he set a precedent for like all of the issues that I have with relationships because of how much fuckery went on during that five years. And it was just like... The day after you ended things with me, I went out and got a sandwich with duck on it. And then he threw it up and had, to, like, diarrhea. Oh, yes. I was hoping you were going to say something about that. I was like, well, yeah, if you were actually vegan for five years. It's going to wreak havoc on your system. I know. Like, why did you, why duck? Also, like, I mean, like, so weird. Also, random. like, that's like, I feel like that's one of the more obscure things. Yeah. Why is that you could go out and just like find and eat? Right. Like, it would be like if you told me you went and you were like, "Well, I had a hankering for some foie gras." Like, I just like, why would you just not go to like the nearest McDonald's and like get a McChicken or something? Mm-hmm. Like, why wouldn't that be your first? No, a fucking duck sandwich. It's so fascinating how we're all human. We've got pretty like similar make to our body mm-hmm. and there's just so many different like 
oh, I don't know, we're all so different in so many ways. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, it's endlessly fascinating to mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. And, and it just keeps, like, evolving and growing. And, like, that's what makes me wonder if relationships can be long-term, like, if two people can truly grow with each other. Because I, I didn't have that model to me as I think my parents stayed in their marriage partially out of but it's not convenience but like for the kids mm-hmm. and then so um cool. also just to have someone yeah. I think so maybe it was a convenience sort of thing after we left the home and everything yeah but now they're back in counseling and then they're working on some things that they've needed to work on for years um so I don't know if that's what a marriage it, it's all about like they put so many things before their actual relationship and working on it. Yeah. And now they're finally getting to it. That's cool that they're coming back around and that they're putting in the work to, you know. Because mm-hmm. I think a lot, I guess it's just my perception from the people that I know, but um, I think a lot of people who've been married for a long time, they kind of get in this, well, we've already been together for 5, 10, 15, mm-hmm. 20, however many years you know, do I really want to, like, start my life over? Can I? Am I going to miss them? Am I going to regret it? What if we break up? And then I don't want to anymore, but they're happy. Like, it's almost easier to stay in that level of, like, comfort than it is to... And for me, like, I've I've never really experienced that. I've kind of, like, you know, I'll... If I feel like things are really getting disconnected and, you know, going south in a relationship, I will voice it. And I'll kind of give that opportunity for things to mend. Mm -hmm. But if it's not taken seriously, then I have no problem walking away. Yeah. Because I know that, one, I'm fine alone. Or two, it's opening up space for somebody new to come into my life. Mm -hmm. Like, I just, either way, whichever way it goes, I'm, you know, I've done it several times with relationships. Like, I mean, when I left Wisconsin, I had purchased a house with my partner and I was attached to his son and we worked together and Mm -hmm. we lived together and, like... I still had, you know, my social life, and it was really good because, like, he was pretty independent, too, so I had my space within our relationship, but it just was almost like, wow, do I really want to, like, quote-unquote, throw this away, or it's like, you know what, this has been, like, eight months of back and forth and feeling more unhappy than happy. Mm -hmm. That's a sign. Yep. You know, it's just like, Mm -hmm. if we're meant to come back together, we will. Um, but then, like, stepping away from that and, like, really coming into myself, I'm like, holy shit, like, we are two very different people. Yeah. P- people let, like, their history and stuff kind of keep them together. Yep. Um, and that's, like, with friendships, too. Like, with my friend I mentioned earlier, like, part of me over time was like, well, what if we weren't friends anymore? Mm-hmm. Like, this is my longest standing friendship. Like, 26 years. That's a that, long, yeah, time. That's a really long time. Like... And that's, that was a topic of our, you know, part of our conversation that we had. Like, we've been through so much. Mm-hmm. Like, do we really just throw it away? And it's like, yeah, we're two, we're living two very different lives, but we do still have that connection. I think mm-hmm. that being in person was important to, like, feel that out and see that and realize, nope, this is still, like, a relationship that, like, has a place in my life. Mm-hmm. So. Absolutely. I'm glad that you did that. Yeah. I think just checking in and, like, what your parents are doing and, like, you know, getting back to focusing on them and their relationship and going over things that have been kind of brushed under the rug for a while. I think that more people would benefit from that. It's like kind of shit or get off the pot, you Mm -hmm. know, like 
are we going to do this or not? Because mm-hmm. I've got a life to live, and mm-hmm. do you want to be part of it? Or, you know, like... That's kind of what my mom's come around to. I told you she's vegan. My dad's a, a hunter fisherman. And so they're, like, she's changed a lot about herself, and mm-hmm. she's so much a feminist now. And, and my dad's kind of... He's not, like, stuck in his ways, but he's just... Old he doesn't school. really open his mind. Yeah, he's yeah. kind of old school. And she's wondering if it's affecting her happiness and things ah, like that. And, and that's like, the thing. When one person's changing and growing and getting new ideas and the other's kind of staying stagnant mm-hmm. or you're there, they're happy the way they are. And it's just, that's tough. Well, <laughs> she, she, that's our show for today. <laughs> and um, we'll catch you next time. Yeah, let us know if you have any feedback. Yes. Uh, so Instagram, menu, at Minisectional. Facebook, also Minisectional, and then uh, you can email us at minisectional at gmail.com. If you have any feedback for us, we'd love to hear it. If you want to be part of our show or know somebody that should be part of our show, we'd love to hear that too. (laughs) Okay, bye. Calling all Minnesotans, and maybe some non-Minnesota natives too if you're interested. Are you an individual who has some feedback for us or maybe just wants to rant a bit about something intersectional feministy that grinds your gears? Or maybe you got an idea for a podcast discussion topic or maybe know somebody that we, Noreen and Ashley, just need to talk to that's out there making waves and trying to fuck it up, even if that person is you? DM us on Instagram at Minersectional, PM us on Facebook, or email us at minersectional at gmail.com and let's make that happen.